0: This episode may include sensitive stories, topics, or themes that may be difficult to hear. Please take care of yourself and your well-being should something arise for you.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of Punk Therapy. Psychedelic, underground, neural, kindness. I'm Dr. T, working on my PhD.
0: And I'm the Truth Fairy, coming to you from the underground. Together we hope to inspire integrity, courage, kindness, creativity, and rigor in the fast-growing industry of psychedelic healing. Welcome back to another episode of Punk Therapy, psychedelic underground neural kindness. I am so excited today. We have special guests, two people that are very dear to my heart. And for the purposes of Punk Therapy, I've asked them if I could call them Sid and Nancy because they are life partners and also a wonderful co-therapy team that are doing psychedelic assisted therapy in the underground and From what I know of these two people, they are doing it with such great integrity, rigor, decency, and a constant desire to grow within themselves and provide a well-needed service. So I get the great pleasure today as the Truth Fairy to to introduce two people that I absolutely adore, Sid and Nancy, to Dr. T. And we're just going to have a conversation here today about what it's like to be a co-therapy team. What are the advantages, the disadvantages, all the different ways that we can work in the psychedelic realm? Because, you know, as psychedelics become more institutionalized, there are still going to be a lot of people in the underground offering this service. And uh, the great thing is that we're going to have a selection of the way that you want to go with your work. So Dr. T is going to jump in and I'm going to jump in and we're going to have a sort of a conversation about their work and our work and all the ways that we can bring this work to people that want to grow their consciousness and heal from trauma. Hi, Sid and Nancy. Hi, Dr. T. Hi there. Um, Hello. so
2: nice to be here.
3: Yeah. It's been really honored to join you both. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I would really like to know first off how you both came to this work. How do you get into underground work and as a team?
3: Well, as a, a preface, um, we I, I think it's important to say we we came to this without sort of seeking it out. It sort of found us. we um we both had uh, many, many years of doing uh, our own individual deep work, both through uh, working with really spiritual teachers with deep integrity and therapists with deep integrity, doing our own uh, inner work. And the combination, I would say, of both of those coming together is that both through our spiritual path and through our inner work with therapists and medicine, I think it's safe to say for both of us that that our goal was to really embody, to, to, to find and embody our own sense of wholeness. And so that uh, decades of work, it was sort of the preface for us coming to to enter into a field as, a, as practitioners. We My background was working with a particular teacher who is probably just one of the deepest examples of not only uh, embodying wholeness, but the way he would meet people uh, day in and day out in, in all of our interactions with, with his students, of uh, meeting them absolutely in their wholeness. And there's a, just a, a beautiful decade-long transmission of working and watching somebody work in that way that's so informed both my own inner work and then my capacity to sort of be there for other people. And then uh, I went on to sort of assist in in events with him and working with oftentimes with people during spiritual retreat that were having crisis and being able to, to uh, in a silent retreat, be able to uh, meet with them uh, if something deep came up and then and be able to work with them through that. Years of working with really terrific therapists and learning enormously through them, uh, and then we came to the work because we were using medicine together, both individually and together as a couple. Uh-huh. And did you um, did
0: your coupled start doing medicine together, or or did you just kind of yeah. just realize that you both were into psychedelics, or how did that come about?
2: Like, so my uh, I'm very much an I- experiential learner, and my background. My path to this was through um, my own healing through psychedelic experiences, primarily uh, ayahuasca and tremendous healing um, through that. And so lots of experience sitting in those circles and sitting with lots of different facilitators and learning what worked, what was helpful, what was supportive. And what wasn't and then I spent a number of years maybe like five years working as a assistants in those circles so I was the one that was sitting with people when they were really struggling that was such great experience and it was something that that I just felt it was just really natural like attuning to what was helpful and what wasn't helpful and how to let someone have an experience and be in some really dark places and just see that they are absolutely okay, that they could trust, they could trust psychedelic medicine and not telling them that, but just being near them and, and helping them feel safe and helping them feel just really okay. And so that kind of gave lit this fire in me of like, holding space for people in this way. And so then, you know, other medicines too. And then, and then um, Sid and I got really curious about MDMA. We did our own experience and what it was like, right off the bat, it was like, wow, things came up that we had never had access to, like quite surprising. And um, Sid, something came up for me and Sid was just like, he knew exactly what to do. He was like, this is so welcome. You know, this, we are here. This is what we're here for. So that was profound for us. And we were just like, wow, this, is the potential is medicine. And so then we started, um, you know, I, I sat, sat uh, with other people, you know, had my own experiences with them and then had people sit for me. And I think we experimented a lot and continued to see like the potential of this. And so then we just so kept we did, going did the with two it. of
0: you know that you were into psychedelics when you met because you're life partners it, it, did uh, you know like were you I don't know how you met did you meet on a dating app did you meet at a psychedelic retreat how, we, how did you guys to know about met, each other
3: we are a dating app success story but we had uh, I think we had had our individual experiences before but we really started particularly working with plant medicines together uh, on a deep dive and we had an experience where we had just finished. We were visiting friends and had a, just had a, uh, had an experience the day before while we were with them where we did our own session together. And one, this one particular friend had been suffering deep depression for many years. And we had been doing tons of reading about what MAPS was doing. And we said, well, we have more medicine. Would you like us to sit with you? And she said yes. And we sat with her. And she had an enormous shift. Um, uh, and then we started offering it for friends, and then we kept doing it. And we and, had yeah. we had therapists and mentors um, who knew about this and knew about who we were and knew about our capacity. Mm-hmm. And then they were the ones. This one particular uh, woman who's just a master Hakomi therapist just really encouraged us to do this work. She said, "You guys mm-hmm. have really the capacity." Supportive. You know, we wouldn't we weren't going out to seek it. She said, "You know, you guys really you have what's needed. I have people I can refer to you." This is, you know, and so she just encouraged us. So we started to work with friends and then eventually started doing it uh, on a more formal basis. Like word
2: of mouth, because then, you know, people would sit for us and then they would have these sit with us us and then tell their friends about it. It's like, well, we would like to sit with you. And, you know, it just all of a sudden and then eventually it was like, well, I guess we're doing this. And, um, (laughs) you know, and since then, continuous training, continuous experience. Um, doing our own work, I think, in particular, learning and learning and learning about, you know, again, what works, what doesn't work, what's supportive, you know, I think those experiences, especially where things don't go so well, you know, like my personal experiences where I sat with people, I mean, where someone sat for me and it was like, oh, you know, like those, those were really (laughs) terrible experiences. (laughs) The the hard ones are the ones that like, you know, what makes a terrible experience,
0: makes a terrible experience in your experience
2: where some here it's where shadows come in and it's where people project onto me and that is really confusing and that is an Mm -hmm. easy thing to have happen and I pay a close attention to that because I have seen it and we've had experiences in other medicines where shadow has come in and and really done harm on the part of the therapist
3: yes therapist yeah both in small, a couple of in small ways, and then one in a pretty egregious way with a therapist where a massive line was crossed with me and uh, felt the experience of it. So, you know, to, to honor that possibility, we really connect as often as we can with peers. We have an on again, off again because of COVID peer support group. We have people, you being one, that we uh, use for supervision when necessary. We have others that that are mentors. We have a mentor who's been doing this for 40 years. Mm-hmm. She started 40 years ago, way back in the early days, knows everybody, has watched the whole growth. She's somebody we go to um, whenever anything comes up, if we have questions. That's an important part, knowing that we have the support, you know, feeling good about what we know, having the humility about what we don't know, and, and continue to keep learning because, my sense is we could do this work around trauma and supporting trauma somatically forever and still learn more and more. Still learn more and
2: more. And just the collaboration with other people, like taking case studies and learning from each other, like, you know, I mean, I think that's, there's just so much value in that. Mm. Mm -hmm. I have a Um,
1: question for for you. I was just wondering, you said before that this Hakomi um, mentor of yours really encouraged you both to do this work. And that sort of seems to be the feedback that you're getting across the board that you're kind of meant for this work and you didn't chase it down. And I'm I'm wondering if you know what it is that this therapist saw in you and what other people see in you. What are the qualities that you both are bringing to this work that makes you good for it, do you think?
3: Well, possibly the best way is I can talk about what I see in Nancy and she can talk about what she sees in me for for. Nancy just has this quality of, of presence and calm, supportive, loving connection and attunement that just pours out of her. People instantly feel comfortable with her. It translates to her other professional work. And it's just a quality that is her. Um, she, we, I think going to her, both of us, we both have a really good sense of humor that comes through in our work, that it's not... St- it's serious and, and, and um, devoted to the most important thing and a bringing a lightness and a humor into it and really just a devotion to our own healing and that really informs showing up for other people and the capacity as the more we know, the more we're, we have self-awareness, the more we're able to hold that aside if something comes up during a session, which is essential because things do come up. So uh, the the capacity to bracket our own internal uh, reactions when we're working with people. Um, so uh, and just a steady, and Nancy just has this incredible, steady, beautiful, dear, loving presence that people just feel when they walk in the room. And I think that really helps because there's all the work we do during a session. But just to be held in presence with two people who are have done a, a work on their own capacity for regulation and attunement and i think really importantly have the capacity to see the wholeness in somebody when they worried it when they walk in the door and right when they sit down i think people can sense that and that's because we've done so much work in actually experiencing and accepting and um, getting to know our own sense of wholeness
2: yeah there's it's just really natural and we lo- you know we just i would say that we enjoy each other yeah you know that's like that's so apparent it's we just enjoy each other. And I um I'm in awe of Sid. I mean, when we first started working, I was a little bit intimidated because he brings he's he can really articulate things. And I'm a I'm a sensing person. And it was like, who are you? Like this depth that he has and this, you know, this all that that he has in his life and to just see it funnel, all this experience that he has, to see it funneled into this person that he just he, you know, he just—I just love the way he—he he loves every person. That this genuine um, care and concern, and he just enjoys, you know, the people that we work with, and he brings all of this experience and knowledge. But in this way, that's—he um, sets it aside, and then it just flows through him. You know, he just can pull on so much experience and people. Really, I think it's really amazing to have a male that uh, especially that men and women can trust, I think uh, that they feel comfortable with and not threatened by. And it opens up the possibility to really heal around, you know, things with their father for women, their issues with men, all these kinds of things. And he's just, he's just calm and relaxed and um, comfortable with himself and um people are just at ease and his sense of humor just i think it's so important to just this is serious stuff and it's also light you know and that that it, you'll see people just get a really good laugh and it just it just relaxes them and it's not like he's telling jokes or something it's just, it's just this humor that is really part of the medicine you know yeah. part of his good medicine yeah
0: so you've spoken to some of the great advantages of being life partners in this work together, you know, working together, working, uh, separately, um, this, this real high regard that you have for each other. Um, do you see any disadvantages or pitfalls to being life partners and doing this, uh, psychedelic assisted therapy together? Are there ever any moments where things get a little heated between the two of you and clients coming? I'm just curious if you see, any disadvantages to it.
1: And just before you launch into that, I also had a question I was really curious about, which was whether you yourselves take the medicine when you journey other people through their experiences, um, and whether that's one of you, both of you, or neither of you.
2: I mean, I would say not very often, but it depends. Sometimes we do take a therapist dose of, of, of uh, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a therapist dose or a booster dose? Oh, therapist dose, meaning, we yeah. take, therapist yeah. dose of 3-MMC. Yeah. So just- very,
3: very small amount.
2: Very small yeah. amount. Um, you know, we rely on um, HAPE mostly. That's a, a really beautiful, uh, the spirit of HAPE has really supported us all the way through. And so I would say that's our primary, um, the primary medicine that supports us in our work. But occasionally we will, not very often.
3: And um, just for your listeners, it's not a, that's not a psychoactive, uh, no. Medicine—it's just a tobacco plus herbs uh, used in the Amazon. We just find it really grounding, and um, it, it, it connects us with our own sense of embodiment and just feeling our body. It just very just brings us into our bodies, but it's not—it doesn't alter us the way 3MMC or, or MDMA would. Mm. Um, and we we will use those medicines if we, particularly when we know we work with people more uh, multiple amounts of time. And just certain people just require a certain amount of stamina just because of the way they present. And just, we know this is going to be one where we're just really going to be in it. So we'll use that medicine to, to support ourselves occasionally.
2: Yeah, it's just something felt. And as far as disadvantages, it, it's just such a joy. It's such a, it, it just feeds us. And it's kind of a good news, bad news thing, though, because, you know, going back to shadows, like it brings, you know, our occasionally it it brings up our shadows and then but we take that outside and um you know not in the ceremony of course but you know it's interesting how leading up to certain ceremonies will there'll be something in the field that's there for us to pay attention to and and you know before we enter the ceremony we need to take the time and it's hard you know who likes having that in your face (laughs) Yeah. And yet I'm so grateful for it because it just leads to so much growth. Because we're very like, we're just easygoing. We're not, we don't like conflict. And, but I am just the, the shadow police. Seriously. I'm like, <laughs> I am just like. <laughs> Can you give us an example, um,
0: Nancy? Uh, is there something that a story that you'd be willing to share?
3: It's helpful as a white male doing this work. To have a woman who points out on a regular basis, as it's happening, my own white privilege, my own um, patterns, just unconscious patterns of being a white male talking over people, being a little too left brain, doing this or that, not really just, you know, she'll just call me on my shit.
2: We have these signals. Yeah. You know, like I have this coaster. And I kind of, like, turn the coaster, and it's like,
3: and the, and the, that, reel that, it in, that, dude. That means, yeah, shut the fuck up and reel it's it in. Shut the fuck up. <laughs>
2: yeah. And because he, you know, he honestly. I get excited. He's, gets excited. He gets excited. He's delighted. And, you know, the more we learn, though, though I mean, you know, the more, I mean, it, it's been so helpful to learn to slow down and slow down and slow down. But, you know, his energy and then just he's a white male. Everybody's here to listen to me. <laughs> um, and so he can't, it's not his fault. So um, I, I get
3: called to the bat uh, a, a few times uh, in a, 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 a not too humbling, but humbling enough kind of way. And she's very kind, uh, but very direct. So and so that's a that's a challenge, but turns into an asset because it really brings us deeper, it brings us, you know, it's um, so... And really, we work so well together. We don't. We don't have. We're fortunate to be able to bracket whatever's happening in our relationship and keep it outside the room for the most part. And we don't really have that much. And we work on and off again with a couples counselor, so that we have our, our support in that way. So we're not. We're we're doing our due diligence in our relationship, so that we're not bringing it into the room.
1: I'm just curious about if you could paint us a bit of a picture of what it actually looks like when you do do this work with people where and how and and things like that.
0: And I'd like to piggyback on that question because I think you can bring it all in is I'd really like to know as well, how you collaborate with other therapists. How does that work for you guys? So maybe bring all of that together.
3: Mm. Well, quickly, you know, we, we have an office in our home, um, we you have uh, a dedicated space. dedicated space. That's our ceremony room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we, you know, we do our prep session here with the client. We do our ceremony here. We do our, Everything
2: our integration.
3: Here. Everything happens here. Um, and w- the day of the ceremony, if that's what you're interested in, Dr. T is just sort of, you know, it's what, usually we start early so that uh, clients aren't left with the medicine in their system that might later, that might interfere with sleep. So we try, we usually start at 10. And, um, we, you know, we, we open our ceremony with a land acknowledgement and a, and a, a, an opening for the an four invocation. direction. Invocation. We usually take the medicine right away and then we settle in. They take the medicine. They take right the medicine. <laughs> uh, and then we settle in and we have tea together. We actually just, we got this, uh,
2: tea ceremony, we have tea, ceremony. tea ceremony. We just ease into it. We ease and then... into it
3: just to give space. We'll do a, a guided meditation. Uh, and then, you know, so now that leaves us 45 minutes to 50 minutes in to, uh, since the medicine's been taken. And, um, and then we just get quiet. We play music. And then, you know, we, this came up. So we were talking to a, a client recently and it, it sort of came up where uh, like the word of guiding people came up. And, and it, my sense is, is that we're, We're not guides as much as we're skillful followers. Um, We really always just wait and see and honor the wisdom of each individual client once they're in the medicine, what wants to move, how it wants to move. So we don't have a sense of guiding people as much as moving with them, following their leads, being supportive, helping slow down when things come up. Um, And then sessions last Four to six hours, sometimes longer.
2: Longer. And then I would say that that with the two of us, like, you know, we never know what our roles are gonna be. And we have our roles, which is really great. Like there's just things that Sid does, there's things I do, but they switch, you know, like for example. I tend to be quieter and I'm holding space and I'm really feeling the person and I'm really attuning to, you know, they might be engaging, they might be completely quiet, but just, let's just say they're, they're engaging with Sid and I'm just, I'm really attuning and paying attention to them in a different way. And so, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's kind of more um, of an embodied empathy. Yes, exactly. And so that, um, so, you know, I'm doing that and then I might, um, sense when they need a certain amount of support or just say somewhat me moving just a little bit closer, or if they need regulation to, you know, all of this, you've talked about touch all we, you know, your, your, we, permission and all of that, but just kind of this, um, I don't know, I guess this mothering way of, of, of being. And, um, then, Sid plays, you know, may, may play more of an engaged, like, Mm -hmm. like he'll be like, where do you, you know, he'll notice. And then where do you feel that in your body or how is that showing up? I noticed where your hand went, these kinds of things. And so there's like kind of what the roles we tend to play, but then like, sometimes it's switched, you know, and where I'm just with them, right with them. And I am, you know, kind of a lead and then Sid you know, come in and play sort of a different move in and have some kind of physical movement back and forth. And um, so it just, we're always surprised we uh, don't have a formula. We really tune into what's called for from us. And, you know, the the great thing is, too, that we just, we trust. We've been doing this long enough that we just have this deep trust in ourselves. I trust him. I know that he trusts me. And so we're allowed to just really, you know, be with the organic experience, and um, and then play off each other. You know, sometimes it's like there've been times when I've been like, you know, well, one person will leave the room, and that like allows a shift to happen. Yeah, that's really needed. Just simply, you know, things like that. Yeah, um, and we
3: have the, and, and and you know, over the five years we've been doing this, just a deeper intuition of when that's needed and when that's not. And it's a great advantage of working with a partner that we're so attuned is also, I have the freedom to, there's moments where like, I don't know what to do right now. I really need to stop. I really need to just really listen in. And I have the freedom to step back and really tune in and just listen. Cause I'm not sure what to do right now. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Nancy can step in and hold that space. Mm-hmm. It's just that dance back and forth or forward and backward.
0: Sid, you said something, and I'm wondering if uh, about you didn't know what you were doing. Is there a, such an experience that you feel that you can speak to in an anonymous way right now where you found yourself not knowing what to do? All those times.
2: All those so times. So, There's
0: <laughs>
3: so, so, so many, many times. I mean, like, it, uh, it happens in small ways, sometimes in big ways, where you just go, It just, someone will just present in such a way that's intense. And I'm thinking, oh, we haven't experienced this before. Like, I don't know what to do. So I just really, I just know in myself that actually to give myself that freedom to say, okay, let's just slow down. We don't know. And I may say that explicitly in the session, if it's appropriate, but um, depending on what's going on and where the person is.
2: I think an important part of this is that we know when we don't know what to do that we really trust that this it will be revealed and that we aren't we aren't doers you know like nothing needs to happen and we really we really trust that like someone's in a big experience and it's like we don't know what to do but we are we're following them and we'll know what to do if if something's needed you know we keep them safe and comfortable and always like we're not talking about just letting someone Go and yeah, we've it,
3: never had a, a session that's gone sideways. You sideways know, it's, it's always it's always sort of that pause has always led to being informed from wherever it comes from. Of like, oh, okay, here this. Let's try this, and we try it, and things move and things shift, and um, and and it's the it's the great gift of working with someone that you're attuned to, where you can just it's the dance we're doing, but it's also the dance together with the client. Yeah. Uh, And we're able to hold them. We also, to to get to your other question, uh, Truth Fairy, we, because we don't work continuously with people, we're actually working in in conjunction with therapists often. So we have this, so we're kind of a care care team. So with these, a number of different therapists we work to, we have the freedom where they'll refer a client before a session, we'll have, with the client's permission, of course. We'll have a session, a time with the therapist to go over. Here's what we're working on. Here's the most important thing. Here's what I notice. That's here's my sense of really where this would be most helpful. Here's where they're getting stuck. So we're basically able to um, to collaborate and have all of that wealth of information from someone who's been working with somebody for a number of years, along with our own uh, prep session with the with the individual client, and then after the session we will go back to the therapist and let them know what the experience was in the room so that when the client comes in to continue integration with them, they don't have to explain what happened. They're actually clued in. We're saying, here's what happened. Here's the most important parts. They did this beautifully. They were able to touch into this part. This young piece came forward and here's how we handled it. So then there's this communication so that it's not happening um, in an isolated manner. And we love that collaborative capacity. And ca- so do capacity. our clients. They and just, so do our clients.
2: You can tell. They just really love knowing that you know that everybody's working together on their behalf. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and we're available to continue doing integration work in uh, addition to the work they're doing with the therapist if they want to. Uh, uh-huh. if, and do if some a,
0: clients do that? Do they, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do they leave absolutely. their therapist and start working with you on an ongoing basis? They don't basis? leave
3: their therapist. They just do it in, in addition to um you know or i mean I, for the most part cuz the, the the therapists we're working with the therapists that we feel really deeply about and they're just really good therapists but there may be a connection that happened in the room with Nancy or i or both of us that is a great adjunct cuz we've done this deep work together to their integration work so it's a, it's we don't we don't it's we just offer it and then people take it sometimes for weeks and weeks and sometimes for just a session here or there so our our philosophy is our relationship with folks don't stop at the end of the ceremony or availability to them. And our relationship with them continues as long as they want it to continue.
2: Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's really sweet where we, it's not necessarily a formal session that they'll uh, it's formal check-in that they'll come in, but we'll have like a 10 minute phone call when they get say like, like there's these, this stuckness and it's just amazing, you know, when they, that they trust us and that they, that they'll pick up the phone and call and name something. And then they get that feeling of like connection and staying related, relational. And we really encourage that and just see how valuable that is, you know, Mm. just a simple phone call. Do
1: you ever have therapists that actually want to join in and participate on the ceremony that a client goes through? And have you ever done that?
3: We have therapists that are interested in doing their own work. Um, but we haven't done it where all three of us are in the room at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we we have heard of that happening, but, and we would welcome it with certain therapists, but, um, you know, we're a little protected because of our dynamic. We're so used to our dynamic. Anytime you're bringing another person into the room, it changes Yeah. Things.
2: I would you know, we but, were open to anything, but there's just this, like every, you know, set and setting is so important. And I think, um, you know, there was actually one person who wanted to have her therapist there and then we felt into it and talked to the therapist. And I think the therapist was just concerned, you know, it wasn't, a the um, therapist didn't recommend the client came to us and then, you know, we started working with her therapist and um, I think she just wanted to make sure her, her client was safe. And I could just really sense how like having that, the client having her therapist there, there's just an eye out toward, you know, just paying attention to three people in the room mm. and, I just was concerned about that and we talked about it and then as the therapist got to know us she was she was she felt really comfortable that she did not need to be here and and uh and now she's just a big fan um i'm
1: really i'm really curious now i'd love to hear some uh real world examples some experiences if you if you both are happy to share of uh, a fine, like a magical moment, a special moment, or a particularly challenging moment.
0: Yeah. And I think you those know, challenging moments yeah. are really important for our listeners as well, because I think right now we're, we're, you know, we are painting a picture that, you know, psychedelics are the answer. And, you know, there are difficult moments as well. And I'd really like to um, maintain a balanced view on, on punk therapy. Yeah. So uh, well, I think it's yeah. important to realize that, that it's not always an easy journey and,
3: no, so when we I'd thought love- about that question, um, you know, give us the your best and your hardest, and mm-hmm. I think you know we have so many special moments with people that just goes on and on. But we that are easy, one, they, easy, and beautiful you know, and they deep. Drop
2: in. But we had
3: one client um, who um, was recommended through friends and uh, Eastern European background, enormous amount of trauma, just enormous, off the charts, and in her session. When we worked with her, she was in a very young imprint. She was looping like crazy, just over and over and over again, the same stuff in a way that we really hadn't been confronted with. We didn't, we had never really worked with somebody. And we worked with her, and it was the hardest session we had done up to that point. Absolutely. Because we stayed right in it, but we just feel felt like nothing's happening because there's just there's just consistent stuckness in this very young imprint. And, And why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Yeah,
2: it was a loop that was, we couldn't, there, it was, she was meant, this loop was meant to happen. We didn't realize that at the time. At the time, although what can you do? You know, we were not going to, it was clear that intervening in this, you know, um, people don't talk about this, but like we didn't, but there was just, our sense was that we're going to keep her safe and we're going to let her have this experience. Um, and so it was the most challenging one we ever had. And, and
3: we, we reached out to Truth Fairy at that point and yep. said, you know, this one is one that we haven't, we you know, help us because we don't know what just happened we in just that like, room.
2: Wow, that was
3: so uh, hard. I, and then we got tremendous support. And But the, 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 the continuing story of that is she's done four sessions. Each one has its own version of that same pattern. It just seems to be her way that she just repeats things over and over again until they feel like they've worked They're complete. through. They're complete. And she has had the most tremendous in four sessions shift. Her therapist, we talked to her last week, and she, her therapist was doing this work for 30 years, and she said, I've never seen personal growth like this in all the times that I've been working. And so now we know that this is sort of her way. This is just the way she processes. And so we continue to support it and work with it. In each session, there's more and more capacity. Uh, the, the, the intensity of it, the age of it gets older and older and older, which gives her more capacity. And her shifts and leaps and bounds in her capacity is kind of off the charts and remarkable. So I, I, I would say for people listening that it's both those hard parts doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that it's a really hard part and we know now that a, a challenging session when we meet someone who is particularly if people are very dissociated and very resistant that's a long day that's just a long day to be with someone who is really fiercely hanging on to their protectiveness and their their and so we stay with that we meet that where it is
2: they have an entire day where they are in that and we never we you know they are seeing they are we are there with them the whole time and that it is not wrong you know yeah. this is hard but we see them we love them they are okay and to trust this and you yeah. know just the felt sense of conveying that to someone i think is just like you know like like when we're younger and we have exp- you know people who didn't have parents who just allowed them to have Really difficult emotions, you know, people turn their back. And to have that experience and just have two people say, We're here. It's okay. It's okay.
3: And and professionally, that's the hard, those are the hardest sessions. Yeah. 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 They're
0: just. I heard it said really beautifully in a training with Sharon Stanley the other day um, is that the closer we're getting to the soul. The closer we're getting to someone's spirit and soul, the more the defenses are going to come in because somehow someone knows that we're beholding the soul and the spirit and the soul and the spirit have had to go so far away for some people, have had to go so far away in order to be able to exist that uh, we have to expect the defenses to come up in those moments. So just to hold that awareness that we are very close to someone's spirit and
2: soul
3: yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful yeah, it's way of putting it. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. a beautiful, mm-hmm.
2: beautiful way of yeah. putting it. Yeah, and that there's space for it, and it's welcome. Yeah, yeah. it's waited a long time yeah. to be seen. It's so apparent that uh,
0: the two of you, Sid and Nancy, just love this work and how dedicated and uh, how passionate you are about it, and that this is a calling for you. And that leads me to one more question. You know, there's a big uh, debate. I not, there isn't. Sorry. Is there a big debate? I think there's a big question right now about who's who's appropriate for this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of you know, counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, people that are wanting to get involved on certain training programs that um, that people like you might not be able to get into because you don't have you're not a counselor, or a therapist. Um, there's some interesting articles right now about the fact that psychologists aren't sometimes always, don't always have the best temperament for it. Some of them might not, some might, What what's your take on all of this? You know, who, who's right for this work?
3: Well, you <laughs> know, we, not get asked, right
0: for this work?
3: <laughs> we get asked often um, from people, often young people, you know, how do I get into this work? I'm so, this sounds so great. And I, it's a metaphor, but my sort of general response is just sort of, well, you know, get divorced a couple of times, have your life fall apart, you know, um, have, you know, because I totally get the energy. I totally get that connection of wanting to do that. And I think to the part that we value the most in in our own capacity to do this work is our own times that we've fallen flat on our face and the amount of support and the, the the growth that comes from being supported by talented and skilled people to really go through that. And, 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 um, to just know yourself and to really take the the leap to do your own work, uh, to do your own work in medicine, to take the vulnerability to work with someone else as a client, I think it's really essential for people doing this work to know the experience as a client for someone. Uh, um, and I think there's a lot of people who want to do the the sitting for but don't want to be sat for part. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to know that, and I know uh, in the way that you work. Um, truth Fairy, that that when you train people they're also working with you and that's uh, that's an essential part so I think that's a, you know it's hard to put a put a, it's not a box you could check off easily but it's the it's that sort of spiritual and emotional maturity that comes with screwing up and learning and learning and learning making mistakes and that's the yeah. most essential part and you can't really teach it and you can't really it's not a box that could be checked but if if I'm interviewing somebody and, ass- and assessing their capacity, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for their own capacity to know their own faults, to know their shortcomings. Who do they go to? You know, just that humility to see that this process, you know, it's it's everybody wants to be the healer and have that sense of power, but it really has to come from a different place. I think in order to have the, the power, um, and those are the people we seek out. Uh, for mentors, for teachers, for friends, for, for peers. Uh, yeah.
2: People who really, you know, want to, they, they just have this quality where it's not about them wanting to go and heal people. It's, you know, it's not, which is, you know, that's a, it's a wonderful movement, but it's, it's this, I don't know. It just comes from this, this different movement of, it's not about us, you know, it's, it's about, you know, us creating the environment so that creating the set and setting and 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 um, positioning ourselves so that we can support people but it's not like we know all of this and now we're gonna show yeah. people how to you, do you know what I mean? It's hard to describe Absolutely. but it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's an yeah. orientation of of that um I think when I I know it when I see it, you know, people that are interested and they have this quality of like This is deep humility, really. Mm, Like you know, and that's what
3: kind of informs our work, and that's what that we know that that's actually what's doing the work in the room, and and that our 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 mental capacity and our skill sets are important tools, but we're being moved by something much deeper, and that just has a movement. That's why we started this late, so late in our lives, was we kind of needed to be fully bathed, you know, (laughs) and and um, and I think a lot of people go into this half baked or a quarter baked because they're <laughs> excited and you know so and how do you teach the baking process you know you can't, you can't teach can't.
0: the baking process you, i don't think you there's can't a can't teach the that baking teach process it. yeah, yeah.
3: So, um, so we're really
0: talking about lived experience here uh, along with skill sets and humanity and humility and a and i just want to say you know i mean life experience and age does come into play i mean as much as we want to say that age doesn't matter i i really do believe that time spent on anything is is essential in some ways. Not to say yeah. that someone can't be born an elder on some level, and they can. Um, it's really true. We've met young, about, young people that yeah.
1: can. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Mm. absolutely. Mm. And there's also the the part of this that is kind of like the decolonization of therapy, where you know, that's something I really love about what psychedelics is bringing to the table. Is it's teaching us to let go of that. Desire to be the authority and to be the healer and to know what to do and, and to start listening instead. So, yeah, thank it, you for it sharing it has that.
3: that potential. Yeah, and it yeah. also has potential to be usurped by that very same quality in a very dangerous way that we all know and you guys have addressed so beautifully yes. in previous podcasts. It is a double, a mm. really intense, double-edged sword. Mm. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, absolutely. yeah. So,
3: uh,
0: it
1: could, very point. So. Yeah.
0: Well, we're at about the forty-five minute mark, but I could just keep listening to you guys for another forty-five minutes. But we do like to keep our podcast to about forty minutes. Is there anything else, to, uh, Dr. T, that you'd like to ask, Sid and Nancy, before we close?
1: Uh, no, thank you so much for for mm-hmm. showing up and and sharing a little bit about yourselves. If I lived somewhere closer to you, I'd I'd probably call you up and say, "Hey, can we tee off our <laughs> session?"
3: that's very sweet we do the same yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and we yeah yeah yeah. and is Um, there
0: anything anything that you'd like to close with Sid and Nancy anything that you would really like to say that you haven't said
3: uh I don't think so I mean again we could keep having this conversation for another hour or two uh yeah yeah, I mean I think you know if anything I think you guys sense it it's just that sense of we we do this work because not that we have to in this biblical sense, but it's just sort of it's time and it's here and it's something we have and we just love it. And we love, we just love being around and connecting with people that come at it with, with the integrity and humility and desire and depth that you both bring and that this podcast is about. So we just, that just lights us up. So it's are just a real treat and pleasure to, to connect with you in this way. And Anything that, that happens here that supports that and others are really
2: happy about. Yeah. I'm just so grateful for this podcast and the work that both of you are doing. Oh, and putting this so, out into the world.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And so grateful for you, um, the way that you support your community. It's so apparent. Uh, I won't say where you're from, but uh, just knowing the two of you, that the care that you take uh, with supporting each other and, and that's what we need to do, um, you know, it's so easy right now to get into who's doing it right. What's the right way to do it. What's the, you know, and that we have to be intuitive, creative, rigorous and supportive of each other and share information. And this is really the spirit of this podcast is to share our experiences and learn from each other and create it from the ground up. Yeah. Yep. Well, with that, I'd like to thank you so much for your time and your heart's, And always a pleasure, Dr. T, to be together in this ongoing conversation.
1: Right back at you, Truth Fairy.
0: Have a lovely evening or morning whenever you're listening to this podcast. That concludes this episode. We hope you found it meaningful and integrative.
1: Remember to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify and kindly share the link with your friends and colleagues. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at infopunktherapy.com.
0: And remember to punk your inner wisdom.